This episode of Channel KRT is sponsored by Red Ribbon Reviewers. Red Ribbon Reviewers is a movement for internet-based reviewers and podcasters to spread awareness and discussion on HIV and AIDS during the holiday season. To show solidarity with Red Ribbon Reviewers, we'll be including a donation link for the Black AIDS Institute in the description for this episode as well as on our Twitter feed. Thank you and happy holidays. It's a very merry Muppet Christmas podcast on Channel KRT with our special guest stars, us! Yay! Yay! We're back! Thank you guys so much for putting up with this hiatus and welcome back to Channel KRT, the podcast where we take a look at the best and worst of obscure media. I'm your host, Kit Quinn, aka Kit Miss Rapping. I'm Tyler Green and... Are we sure it's not too late to talk about Elmo Saves Christmas? We gotta set up an entire alternate universe where we talk about Elmo Saves Christmas every single day. Oh, believe me, we'll get to alternate universes. I'm Randy Martin, and hi-ho, death to America. (laughs) Well, that's just what they get for supporting Israel. Wait a minute, frog legs can't melt steel beams? (laughs) So yeah, it is so great to be back. Again, thank you guys so much for bearing with us during the hiatus. It wasn't originally supposed to be this way. We got caught up in some mental health stuff to keep it a little bit short, but it's so good to be back. Yeah, it's been so good, and we're on our sixth Muppet thing this year. Oh Jesus my God. Christ. <laughs> One of them actually hasn't come out yet, as far as I know. It should come out Hopefully soon, of course, but no pressure. Yeah, we were actually on Realm of Immersion where we talked about Muppets Haunted Mansion. Even if it's out of season, it's still Muppets. Nobody's gonna care. Exactly. Hell, we could be talking about this in January if we wanted to, and I don't think our listeners would have a problem with it, so. Besides, it makes sense to have the Haunted Mansion, like, every year but October through December because around that time it's Nightmare Before Christmas anyway, so. Yeah. (laughs) You know, for what it's worth, I feel like the Muppets are the one thing we can talk about and our listeners will not get tired of it at all absolutely like we could literally just say okay for the rest of our lives we're just gonna be talking about muppet stuff (laughs) would anybody complain (laughs) to the one person who's mad we're not talking about reanimated we're sorry (laughs) i just noticed we've talked about every single thing that we mentioned in our initial promo except reanimated holy crap we're delaying it because we don't want (laughs) to Eh, we'll we'll get to it eventually, but... I mean, do we want to watch it? Is that the question? (laughs) No. We'll do it, but we'll do it begrudgingly. (laughs) For what it's worth, we were gonna do it before we scream, and then it just spiraled out of control from there, so... Speaking of begrudgingly, uh, so how about this movie? Oh, fucking man. Last year, when we talked about Bear's Christmas, I talked briefly about this movie and how... It feels like whenever a Muppet Christmas special has much less plot, it's way better, and how this was not a good example of that. You know, the past year as I've sunk deep into a Muppet's hyperfixation, I do gotta say that I've kind of warmed up to it, but it is a fascinating piece of pre-Disney buyout, to say the least. I feel like we've been laying the groundwork to this episode for a while now, because I remember we mentioned it on the Muppets Most Wanted episode we did of Escape from Vault Disney, so... Yep, where Kermit did 9-11. <laughs> I don't think we've done enough jokes about that. <laughs> 
I literally started with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And that's the least offensive thing about this movie, by the way, believe it or not. So it's a fascinating piece of Muppet history because it's the very last thing the Jim Henson Company ever did with the Muppets before they sold them to Disney. I think, if I'm not mistaken, it's the last Muppets thing that Jerry Nelson did because he got ill during this and had to dub over most of the characters and he was not in anything after that with the Muppets, so... They will also remind you constantly that this takes place in 2002. This was also one of the first Muppets projects without Frank Oz because there was also Kermit Swamp Piers. <laughs> oh. Ah, speaking of pieces of shit we'll get to someday. Yeah, and then I think this was the first time for a lot of the newcomers, especially Eric Jacobson, who took over for Frank at this point because he's now Miss Piggy, Fozzie, Animal, and he was also a cameo we'll get to. <laughs> Who owned the Muppets before Disney? The Jim Henson Company still did. This movie they made with NBC as well as MGM, so... Yeah, because there's a lot of in-jokes about this movie specifically airing on NBC. And I mean a lot. Not only will they remind you that this aired in 2002. By the way, you're watching this in 2002. Did you remember it's 2002 yet? Also, you're <laughs> watching this on NBC. It's on NBC in 2002. This is airing on NBC in 2002. We just thought we'd remind you. Hey, hey, you know what? I think we should glue the NBC logo right here right here put a really big one just right here you know what shows aired on nbc in 2002 we'll show you oh yeah believe me we'll fucking show you they literally have a scene where kermit lifts up his foot and the nbc logo's on it How could one person own so much corporate synergy it's out of control well that was violently ripped off and replaced with a mouse <laughs> That's the thing. Did Kermit have that forcefully grafted onto his skin by NBC just for this one fucking special? <laughs> and then have Disney literally rip it off violently and replace it with the Mickey Mouse ears? All right, Kermit, here we are. We couldn't afford any anesthetic, though, so you'll just have to sit and bear the pain. <laughs> oh, this is anything but a rainbow connection. <laughs> <laughs> Marketing. The end. Anyway, who wants more Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar? <laughs> That's all we got. Yeah, like this is one of the few things that Disney does not currently own by the Muppets because, yeah, this isn't on Disney Plus because it's strictly within Universal's graps because now they own NBC. So, yeah, we should talk about the fact that this is aired on Universal Kids despite some interesting <laughs> subject matter, which we'll get into later. <laughs> God. So should we go into our history with this special if we have one? Uh, yeah, why not? <laughs> so I saw a little bit of this when it first aired. Like, I remember flipping channels and I saw, oh my god, there's a Muppets thing on TV. And then I don't remember what part I was on. I think it was the nightclub scene. It freaked me out so bad, even at seven years old, that I just instantly nope the fuck out. That's why our kids' selves are smarter than we are today. Because we turned that shit off as kids. Now we sit through it begrudgingly. <laughs> Well, willingly, but you get the point. And then over the years, I've kind of rediscovered it in a way because it's been kind of a back and forth thing where I was like, oh, I don't remember liking that. And then obviously I kind of shat talk it last year. And then 
over the past year, I've kind of rewatched it a couple of times and it kind of grew on me, but it's also kind of weird to talk about. Okay, so for my relationship, I've never seen this in full until doing this for the podcast. My previous relationship with it was back in 2009 when I was going through a Scrubs hyperfixation, which, yeah, it's still a, it's still a good show. Minus the last season. Yeah, so I saw the scene that we'll get to later where Miss Piggy's on Scrubs. And other than that, I didn't really pay any attention to this movie. Didn't even know it existed until I got into Muppets Twit. And my life has gotten worse. <laughs> what? You, your life lacked cage dancing Scooter? Yes! <laughs> for the better. <laughs> I want to go back to a life without cage dancing Scooter. I wish I had never seen Cage Dancing Scooter. I wish I had never seen Cage Dancing Scooter. They couldn't get Fozzie to do that. That would have been a little more enjoyable. <laughs> Randy. <laughs> Randy, we get it. You want to see Fozzie's dick. <laughs> what oh. can I say? I'm into bears. Don't you mean you want to see my Richard Nixon? Waka waka. <laughs> Don't you want to see my waka waka? <laughs> My waka kaka. <laughs> <laughs> all right, my history with this special. So it all started when I was six years old and I came home from school. My mom had the news on and I saw these two giant towers on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but but that we'll get into what Kermit did later. Um, no. <laughs> so no, I think I actually saw this like sometime, I'm going to assume around 2005, 2006. I just, it just happened to be on TV. So I watched it and I just remember the Fozzie chase sequence and nothing else. I probably just got bored with it after that. Oh God, we'll talk about that. <laughs> we have so much ground to cover with this piece of shit. Where do I fucking begin? Oh, by the way, fun fact. Um, I asked my mom if the Powerpuff Girls were going to save the day and uh, she said, yeah. So it's good to know that everything was taken care of, you know? I mean, off screen, but... <laughs> yeah, off, sc- off screen. They won't show you that. Everything was fine. Yeah, then maybe they punched the shit out of Trump, too. And then everything was a projector the past five years. <laughs> Huzzah. Now I'm just imagining the Powerpuff Girls beating the shit out of Kermit. <laughs> So this was actually the very first Muppet thing that Kirk Thatcher directed because he had written Muppet Treasure Island, but yeah, otherwise this was his directorial debut and then he'd go on to direct Muppets Wizard of Oz, <laughs> Muppets Letters to Santa, then he'd direct obviously the masterpiece that is Muppets Haunted Mansion. So it's kind of a fascinating look at his Muppet directorial career. I can't be mad at him, you know, we all have to start out from somewhere and they're not all gonna be great. Yeah. Fun fact about Muppets Wizard of Oz, um, that came out right smack when I was going through which I still am, by the way, my Wizard of Oz hyperfixation, <laughs> which hasn't died. Fuck yes. In, in a way, fuck yes, but also I, I couldn't have this hyperfixation like a few years later because I got this hyperfixation as soon as that was going to air on Disney Channel and I watched that whole thing. Oh my god, you... <laughs> On the premiere date, I watched it happen in real time. Good God, I'm so sorry. How did you react? Let's just say I'm less traumatized by 9-11. <laughs> uh, your life won't be the same after you see that horrifying CGI Camilla scene. The Powerpuff Girls couldn't save me from Muppets Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're never reviewing it. <laughs> It's a very merry Muppet Christmas is okay. Muppets Wizard of Oz is where we draw the fucking line. (laughs) 
and Kermit's Swamp Fears, which, hot take, I actually think is worse than Muppets Wizard of Oz, but we'll get to that. <laughs> no, it's, it's true, and you should say it. <laughs> At least Muppets Wizard of Oz didn't have anybody stepping in shit, so... <laughs> okay, so another fascinating thing about this movie is how much Muppets 2011 lifted from it. Like, it has another rich person trying to shut down the Muppet Theater for their own purposes. It has Kermit trying to get the gang together. It has them putting on a show to raise money, although this is not obviously the focus in this movie. And it also shows what happens with the Muppets when they don't have Kermit in their lives. So, yeah, I wonder if Jason Siegel had a soft spot for this movie. And kind of wanted to pay tribute to it oh kit to add on to what you said by the way there's also another very important thing that you left out oh yeah the fact that there is a rendition of smells like teen spirit at the muppet theater (gasps) oh my god yeah you're right they do it in both of these movies (laughs) and no head shrinking by the way or jack black zero stars personally i think they should have done a cover of moist vagina but (laughs) (laughs) you see i was really disappointed that rachel bitterman didn't start rapping about how awesome she is you know (laughs) (laughs) what is it with all of these like evil businessmen and wanting to, like, take down the Muppet Theater. Like, the fact that it's failed so many times should show that this is a profitable venture and maybe you should start investing in it. Yeah, like... Take out some, like, stocks in the Muppet Theater and, like, fund it. Like, fuck Bob Chapek, but it's clear the guy wants to do more Muppet stuff, so small bit of respect for that. Yeah, fuck you for Genie Plus. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you for screwing over workers, but... Well, at least he isn't naming names. Uh... As far as we know, but... Well, we'll see what happens when North Korea starts acting up again. Uh. Also, another fascinating thing is that during the sequence where Kermit was never born, come on, it's an it's a wonderful life parody. Is that even a spoiler? <laughs> they also say that without Kermit, the world turned to just reality TV for its entertainment, which is kind of something that happens in Muppets 2011 too. So, <laughs> but like that happened in real life. <laughs> That's still happened. Another fascinating thing about this movie is that it's kind of the first, I guess unless you count the first Muppet movie and I guess Muppets from Space, I guess it's the first one that would be an entire behind the scenes backstage movie because I feel like the great Muppet caper, Muppets Take Manhattan, obviously both Christmas Carol and Treasure Island, they're all the Muppets basically performing within a movie. So did this really happen? By the way, you can actually pinpoint the rise of reality TV with like economic downfall because as studios were like you know getting less and less of a budget you can't really afford sets you can't really afford writers they were like let's just film people unscripted not on a set and boom (laughs) The rise of reality TV. Huzzah. Also, one interesting tidbit I want to point out before we get into the special is that it's a deleted scene that has not officially been released as far as I know, but one of the cameos that got cut from this movie fucking snoop dog what snoop dog and he's hanging out with the electric mayhem which makes a ton of sense they probably share a blunt (laughs) why the fuck did this get cut out right this wouldn't have redeemed it but it would have been slightly in the movie's favor so (laughs) they should have done like you what they did with the orbit commercial that i still love to this day yeah What the? Welcome, Mr. Snoop Dogg. Your filthy mouth has landed you down here with us forever! 
mean, they kept the fucking Joe Rogan cameo, so. <laughs> Speaking of which, when are we getting a sitcom about Snoop Dogg living with a bunch of old ladies in hell? Yes. Yes. <laughs> he and Martha Stewart just hang out there constantly. <laughs> <laughs> and the Orbit Gum Lady. <laughs> so that's all the useless knowledge I can think of to stall getting into this piece of shit. Are we finally ready to talk about it, or...? Well, I should probably add some context to why I'm talking about 9-11 so much. <laughs> oh, okay. G- g- go ahead, Randy. Thank you so much for stalling. So, I guess another point of history I had it with it, besides, you know, watching the Fozzie chase, which was the only good part of the movie, and then getting bored of it, was, um... Everyone has probably seen it by now, a viral Tumblr post that notices... In the sequence where Kermit has never been born, he's in New York City with Miss Piggy. In full view of the window, in December of 2002, are the Twin Towers. (laughs) Which fully implies that had Kermit not been born, 9-11 would not have happened. Which kind of also implies that Kermit is in some way, shape, or form responsible for the September 11th attacks. Kermit and the Beatles, I guess. (laughs) Yep. Kermit and the Beatles. The death to America, I guess. (laughs) Okay, so for what it's worth, Kirk Thatcher did say in an interview that this was filmed pre-9-11 in Canada, so they still had the backdrop with the Twin Towers in it, which, yeah, I can get it, but also, Jesus. That is some poor timing. I'm amazed they didn't demand that be cut out like they did for the Spider-Man logo, so... (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, they managed to keep it in AI, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, One more thing I will say is that it's kind of fascinating looking at the decade of the Muppets after Jim passed away, because I know that behind the scenes things were likely a huge mess, but the products they put out for the most part were pretty solid and then i think muppets from space as much as i do kind of like it was kind of the beginning of the downfall because that movie was a mess in production so yeah to their credit i i feel like the answer to what would jim do is a lot easier than the answer to what would walt do yeah it's like it's obvious for like christmas carol and treasure island they were like okay let's just have the muppets tell a classic story it's easy and they pulled it off so and then for this one they were like hey Let's have the Muppets promote everything that's airing on NBC. Yeah, I feel like that had to be a demand by the corporation themselves because... (laughs) The peacock wants it. Yeah, it's like, give it to that streaming service nobody likes. (laughs) Feed the peacock. (laughs) Peacock demands ad revenue. Peacock is as useful as Quibi. (laughs) Also, you know what? As far as corporate logos go... I like the NBC Peacock, and I hate that now his name has been besmirched with some shitty streaming service. Yeah, he's a good boy. I mean, it was nice of Katy Perry to write that song about him before shit hit the fan, so... (laughs) (laughs) Alright, so should we get into this movie? Yeah, let's do it. But before I do that, I just want to say to our listeners again... Thank you so much, for better or for worse, voting for this in our viewers' choice poll. We really couldn't have done this without you, uh, because it was not an easy choice. Yeah. It was either go with this, or go with some Canadian version of the Tin Soldier that I don't think anybody's heard of, so... (laughs) No more Canadian animation. Oh no, that wasn't animation, that was live action. No more Canada! Except for Total Drama Island. (laughs) No more Canada except for the Big Comfy Couch, Allison Court, Miss Persona, Tara Lightfoot, 
God knows how many good shows over there. And free healthcare. Oh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the TV show was filmed over there. Yes. <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking of future topics again. All right. Let's just, let's get this over with. <laughs> uh, uh, so we've opened on what surprisingly little Christmas there is in a very merry Muppet Christmas movie with a parody of Burl Ives' Snowman from Rudolph played by Mel freaking Brooks. <laughs> yeah, they get Mel Brooks for this, and he's barely even in it. And he's just a talking snowman parody. Oh my god, a Christmas special doing a parody of the snowman for Rudolph. That's so original and has never been done before. It would be so funny if a million other specials do it also. This is why we should abolish the monkey's paw, because someone out there wished for the Muppets to do something with Mel Brooks, and we got this shit. Since there's several ties to the Muppet movie in this movie, I had on this is just Professor Krausman, and he got frozen over after he tried to kidnap Kermit. Also, he looks like the fucking Michael Keaton snowman from Jack Frost, so... I think that's the same puppet, if I'm not mistaken. Wait, it is? I think so, yeah, because it'd be a hell of a coincidence if it wasn't. <laughs> also, did you guys notice that one guy creeping on the two Muppets kissing. Uh, what was that? Like, he gives this dirty look. He's a fucking Muppet-phobe? No, he's a fucking Muppet voyeurist. That's what he is. <laughs> also, a rat ends up getting stuck inside somebody's grill, and he's like, hey, close the lid, you're letting the air out. That got a laugh out of me. <laughs> <laughs> there was one good joke that the snowman narrator did where he said, you'll be hearing from my lawyers, Frost, Slush, and Snow Cohen. That was pretty good. Credit <laughs> <laughs> uh, to Mel Brooks. He's trying. Then it cuts to the Christmas party sequence, which Sweetums holding up Robin to light yes! the tree. That was, that was so cute. God, I love their friendship. Anything Robin is blessed. Yes! Also, they did an incredible job of recreating the Muppet Theater set. It looks exactly like it did on the Muppet Show. They did. It was an amazing sequence. And also, they do three Gift of the Magi parodies in a row. <laughs> Hot take. I never really gave a shit about the Gift of the Magi, if anything. Valid. If anything, it kind of annoyed me because I get the point is to appreciate what you have, but these people are conning themselves out of so much money their presents are fucking useless now what's the point i did get a laugh although i did feel so bad for sal when he presents this giant golden record player to johnny and he says that he sold his car for it and johnny's just like oh thanks sal and it's like fuck you johnny i was like hashtag johnny fiamma is over party good <laughs> And then it cuts to the depressing sequence where Kermit walks in, it basically opening like it's a wonderful life where George is contemplating suicide. Kermit's just acting like a bitch at the party. Yeah. Like, yeah, dude, I get you're sad, but like, you don't have to be such a dick to everybody. He makes Miss Piggy cry. Eh, I mean, Piggy was being kind of forceful, so I don't really yeah. blame him. Oh, oh where's your holiday spirit? Piggy. Just one Christmas Away. kiss. Piggy, would you please leave me alone? Yeah, and then I also love that Johnny's just like, all right, back to the song, Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should talk about the fact that Kermit leaves a child to fucking die in the freezing cold. Yeah, they straight up try to parody a Christmas story, and when the kid's begging Kermit for help, he's just like, 
I can't help you, kid. I'll just ruin your life. I'm like, Kermit, you fucking selfish asshole. (laughs) Kermit, I would rather my life be ruined than over. (laughs) Like, later on, Kermit literally almost freezes to death himself. I mean, the kid comes back, but how did he not fucking freeze to death? That frog kid who did not die. (laughs) (laughs) So then we cut to heaven. Yeah, and we meet our Clarence in this movie, David Arquette, whose name is Daniel in this, and he's honestly one of the best parts of this special. He's so pure. David Arquette, yes. but he's playing the role of Bubbles from Trailer Park Boys with his glasses. <laughs> That's one fucking nice kitty right there. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. William H. Macy plays one of the angels. Guess what he does in this? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, it was a huge waste, especially since he was in Jurassic Park 3 the year before this, so. Yeah, he shows up, tells Daniel not to go visit God and bother her, who's also played by Whoopi Goldberg, by the way. God is Whoopi fucking Goldberg in this universe. I mean, yeah. (laughs) Actually, there was a funny sequence in a Muppets interview on The View where they said that Whoopi Goldberg is basically God on that show, and I'm like, it's true. (laughs) But also, like, why does my LSD trip look like a Windows 98 screensaver? (laughs) (laughs) And so, basically, God needs a reason to save Kermit. Also, why does God live in a Windows 98 screensaver? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, not even Windows 98. It's Windows XP at best. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, did I just stumble onto one of those Vaporwave song compilation videos where it's just, like, weird retro background images? Oh, yeah, did you guys notice that when the gates of heaven were opening, you heard the fucking NBC jingle? He did There's not enough promo in this movie, I guess. Does God own NBC? I mean, better than Disney owning it, I guess. <laughs> By the way, when this aired on Freeform, aka what ABC Family is now, they cut out all of the references to NBC, so I'm assuming when that scene hit, there was just like 10 seconds of awkward silence. <laughs> that, or maybe they played the Freeform logo. <laughs> If God owns NBC, is Jimmy Fallon one of the plagues? Oh, God, probably. (laughs) That would explain a lot, really. A cute callback I did notice next to the Muppet Theater is that the store next to it is titled Beretta, obviously a tribute to Bill Beretta. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Are they owned by the uh, same subsidiary that, uh... Owns (laughs) Also, why is the Muppet Theater suddenly in New York? I thought it was in California. Yeah, there's always been a lot of debate in the Muppet verse as to where the Muppet Theater actually is because isn't it in LA in the movies, the 2011 movie? Yeah, they took over the El Capitan for it in Los Angeles. Yeah, there's a canonical excuse in a deleted scene when Kermit's getting interviewed by Carson Daly where he explains that the theater was originally owned by Scooter's father, right? Uncle. Oh, Scooter's uncle, yeah. I actually joked that this is what happens once they took Manhattan. (laughs) On the one hand, it seems like every major studio company has a New York studio, and that's like their main one. 
on the other hand, do the Muppets really want to be neighbors with Fox News? Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I mean, Fox News will try to cancel them when they portray a rich person as bad or when they try to portray Gonzo as gender fluid, so... Dr. Seuss is bad, except when his characters are getting arrested by cops at Christmas parties. Uh, also, why didn't Fox News throw a tantrum over this movie? Because arguably, Joan Cusack's character is even worse than Chris Cooper's character. Like, she straight up changes the rules as it goes along. Oh god, on my last trip to New York City, I actually walked right by the Fox News studio, like, right next to it. I saw all their big stupid faces. F. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I should have peed on it. (laughs) Uh... Actually, no. I should have let Kipper pee on it. (laughs) So Whoopi Goldgod and David Arquette decide to watch the whole situation from the beginning to see how Kermit got in the situation. And we cut to this really awkward cameo where Carson Daly is interviewing Kermit. This is an NBC product. This is an NBC product. And it's even worse in the extended scene. Yeah, the, in the deleted scene, he's talking to Kermit. He's like, Kermit, you're funny. Oh, thank you, Gretchen. Listen, I want to tell you about the first time I saw you. Okay. I was at this daycare in Santa Monica while my mommy was working. Oh. And Miss Julie popped a tape in the VCR so she could change my friend Vinny's diapers. Oh. Me and my friends are sitting there watching. And we're like, wow, that's frog rule. All while he's saying this, we get like poorly edited stock footage of a live studio audience. Good God. (laughs) I'm so glad this wasn't made today. You know Kermit would have been on Jimmy Fallon. I don't think I could tolerate that. God, no. (laughs) Everything Kermit says, Jimmy Fallon doesn't even give him the time of day. He just fucking laughs before he can finish saying anything. All right, Kermit, let's force you to do something topical. Kermit, Stranger Things quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Kermit, Squid Game, am I funny yet? If I keep saying things that are relevant today, am I funny? Speaking of cameos, we gotta talk about one of the best ones in this special that's actually pretty fun. Matthew Lilliard. Fuck yes. yes. He was great in this. Like, even if his scene was way too short. I was expecting a lot more of Matthew Lillard, honestly. Yeah, especially since this was the year he played Shaggy. Basically, the character he plays is Shaggy, except French and gay. <laughs> And I am here for it, by the way. I love it. And the Cirque du Soleil scene was just great. Like, that's some classic Muppet gag right there. All right, when are we getting Ultra Instinct gay French shaggy already? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the thing. How powerful is Luke Fromage? I did see a comment that someone said that he would make great friends with Napoleon from Muppets Most Wanted, and I'm like, they're boyfriends. Oh my god, for a minute I thought you meant Napoleon as in the actual historical figure. (laughs) And I was like, maybe? Also, this was actually the very last time the boss men were ever used in a Muppets project, the giant one that are puppeteered by marionettes basically oh yeah that's right yeah i guess they became a little bit complicated to puppeteer after time but it was cool seeing them for some reason the early 2000s just really had it out for cirque du soleil i mean i guess it makes sense were they involved with abusing animals i don't think they have animals in their shows oh okay cirque du soleil has always been like just strictly humans and that's it but barnum's was in deep shit for that see barnum's right there like P.T. Barnum was a genuine piece of shit. But the elephants are so cute when they do the little tricks. And Cirque du Soleil only has 
dumb, extremely acrobatic, impressive performances. I want to see elephants stand on each other. Yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, the worst thing Cirque du Soleil has done is be somewhat pretentious, which I can understand that, but it's the lesser of two evils. I think the worst they've done is just, you know, some really bad accidents. I don't remember if any performers have died or not, but yeah. That's about it. They did a really cool Michael Jackson show, though. Oh, nice. Of course they did. (laughs) No escape. No escape. Also, Joan Cusack, she's basically playing Debbie from Adam's Family Values here, but she plays it surprisingly well, I gotta say. Rachel fucking Bitterman. Oh my god. God. She is a monster. Holy shit, she is evil. She is a monster, but she is also mommy. (laughs) Yes! (laughs) Say what you will about media in the early 2000s, but I'm glad it was very progressive enough to let women be the evil business people. She's basically to the Muppets what Lady Dimitrescu was to Resident Evil. Change my mind. Yes! (laughs) Also, I'm not saying I support Pepe basically turning into Grimes to Rachel Bitterman's Elon Musk, but I get it. (laughs) Yeah, I get it. It's like Elon Musk, I don't get. Rachel Bitterman, I understand that one. It's kind of wild that we're essentially simping for Jesse from Toy Story on this podcast right now. (laughs) (laughs) Also, she killed Mr. Bitterman, right? That joke is great, by the way. Oh, where's Mr. Bitterman? Dead. Oh yeah, that's another thing too. When Pepe comes in, he has a whole bunch of permits with them, and one of them's for a topless nightclub. <laughs> you know, for kids. <laughs> oh yeah, and he also mentions that he's going to Ricky Martin's party to shake his bonbons. So they're fucking <laughs> for kids. Oh, he's fucking Ricky Martin without a doubt. Pepe's a bisexual icon. Ricky Martin is a Muppet fucker confirmed. Don't you mean a fuck it mupper? Ah, wacka wacka. I do gotta say that some of the jokes in this sequence would have been reminiscent of a Muppet Show episode if they'd stop explaining them immediately afterwards, like the pig flying joke. That would have worked so much better if she said, I'll make the Muppet Theater free when pigs fly, and then just Piggy flies overhead and she just looks and then can see, not have her explain it. You know, you're right, but also I kind of love the line, I consider that flying pig to be a coincidence and not a sign from god that's true that's true just something about that being so oddly specific was just so great oh by the way just to remind you that's 2002 god wants to watch spongebob (laughs) i mean i don't blame her crossover when viacom you're rich make it happen i know that she was on an episode of muppets tonight i wonder if she was also just so happy she got to work with puppets that weren't theodore rex whoopi goldberg oh god (laughs) yeah that's the thing she wasn't really on screen with any of the muppets was she she spends most of her time with david arquette and as far as i know he's not that much of a muppet for all we know (laughs) (laughs) also get it beautiful mind joke it's 2002 bunsen's got a reference a beautiful mind and Windows 98. Yeah. Because why not? Oh, yeah, Windows operating system. <laughs> it's just a window. <laughs> I'm in an IT class and I laughed a little bit. Also, damn, Kermit was a little too relaxed about everybody basically having to defer their salaries. <laughs> <laughs> Kermit, you fucking capitalist. Yeah, everybody says they'll work for Kermit for free when they're not able to find a big star for the Muppet Christmas show coming up. Which, of course, that also leads into a whole 
bunch of pointless cameos. The most pointless of all being Kelly Ripa. She literally doesn't do anything of substance. She just shows up, says, oh, sorry, Kermit, I can't make it, and just fucks off. She doesn't get any, like, funny lines or anything. Yeah, and also, Molly Shannon has a scene where she basically describes that she fell in love with a frog. (laughs) Yeah, it turns out Kermit and Molly Shannon had a fling, and she stalked him? (laughs) Let me remind you about the last time I worked with a frog. We fell madly in love. So naturally, I have a key made to his apartment. I break in and reorganize his closets while he's at work as a little favor. And how am I rewarded for going to all this trouble? The frog stops calling me! Remember that? So basically a John Hughes script. (laughs) How the fuck does Molly Shannon get more to do in this than Kelly Ripa and Carson Daly combined? I did love the triumph scene. That was funny. Yeah, 2000s. 2000s. Oh, by the way... How many, how many 2000 celebrities can we name drop? Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Courtney Cox. Oh my god, I, when he said Courtney, I thought he was referencing Courtney Love. <laughs> he also calls Mr. Rogers, and I'm thinking, oh my god, we were fucking robbed of a Muppets Mr. Rogers crossover. I mean, we kinda got one with Sesame Street, I guess. <laughs> Maybe his health was deteriorating by this point, so. Yeah. But either way. And speaking of bizarre fucking crossovers, Scrubs. Yes! Scrubs! It's the 2000s, by the way. It's 2002, and this is an NBC show. Piggy basically leaves the Muppets to go on to be a big star, and then she's an extra on Scrubs, and now she's like, okay, I gotta be the new main character, and I'm gonna fall in love with JT. And then they do an actually kind of funny sequence where they're like, where she's like, I'm alive! No, you're dead! I'm alive! No, you're dead! Yeah, she gets a job as a dead body on the show, which, Scrubs being a comedy show and all, you'd think they'd be honored to have a fucking Muppet on their show. Yeah, and I guess maybe there's a Disney connection here because Scrubs is owned by Touchstone. It's funny because after this, Scrubs and Muppets were both bought out by Disney because Scrubs ended up airing on ABC at one point. Yeah. During the last two seasons where one of them was good, but the other was complete dog shit. We don't talk about that season. We don't talk about that season. That's another thing too, by the way. This movie plays Scrubs off like it's an ER style drama. It is. When it's a fucking comedy. Don't get me wrong, Scrubs did have a lot of dramatic moments in it, but it's not fucking ER. Why couldn't you just get the fucking cast of ER for this? Yeah. It's a fucking NBC show, I mean. Yeah. Couldn't have been hard to get George Clooney, so. (laughs) Or John Stamos. I mean, we have John Stamos in a Muppet thing right now. But despite my manic rambling, don't let that take away from the fact that Zach Braff once beat up a 12-year-old on an episode of Punk when he thought they were spray painting his car. Uh, I... Dude. Yeah, that fucking happened. Don't bring him near me because I don't care if he's five. I'm gonna punch him. I had a feeling he's a dick. I don't think he ever really took responsibility for that. I remember someone tweeting it at him and giving him shit for it. Uh, isn't accountability fun? Yay. I'm not sure if I should consider Zach Braff an asshole, but eh, sure, fuck him anyway. Eh, he gives me a vibe, so. I mean, he was Chicken Little. <laughs> One little shit. 
Actually, we kind of skipped over a part where Mrs. Bitterman is describing to Pepe how she's going to fuck with the contract. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so she's even more evil than Chris Cooper because she basically decides she's going to start fucking with the contract and setting up all sorts of new rules. But don't forget the most important part of that scene, Pepe's foot fetish. (laughs) I mean, it makes sense because Quentin Tarantino was in the next Muppet movie, so... (laughs) And Pepe was on set with him so he probably gave him ideas you know what's great about the hollywood industry that we have to say well at least this time it's adult feet Ah! okay so between pepe's foot fetish and turning against his friends and hanging out with john stamos and quentin tarantino I'm starting to think he might be a bit problematic. Oh no, are we gonna find Pepe on Epstein's flight logs? (laughs) Hey Pepe, I found this photo of you with Bobby Kotick. What's that about? Oh no! Hey, uh, Pepe, what's this photo of you at Mar-a-Lago supposed to be about? You know, maybe we should have just let Constant Hatchaway have her way with him. <laughs> yeah. Also, when Rachel Bitterman shoves him into the model of the of the dance club, I hate that my first thought was that someone could easily use Pepe as a sex toy if they wanted to. <laughs> I hate myself for that being the first thing I thought of, but... He looks like the kind you'd find that Spencer's not even a good one. Podcast over. I'm kidding. (laughs) Burn the tapes. And this show has been sponsored by Adam and Eve. No, it hasn't. But wouldn't that be cool? So yeah, eventually Pepe listens in on a conversation that Rachel Bitterman's having. He gets all offended because he thinks she's cheating on him. (laughs) Yeah, and this fucking himbo keeps thinking that everything is a fucking innuendo. Like, mate, she's not gonna fuck you. You know, I just realized this movie was the very first Muppet movie to be rated PG. Uh, I guess that makes sense. PG's a bit too generous, though, let's be honest. (laughs) This is like 80s PG. Like, the original show had a joke that implied that Fozzie fucked Raquel Welch, so... (laughs) (laughs) Literally, the fucking Muppet Show pilot, or at least one of them, was called Sex and Violence. We should not be surprised. Jim Henson literally made the Muppet Show because he was worried that after saying yes to Sesame Street, he was just going to be viewed as some guy who makes puppets for kids. And he was like, no... I want to make horny puppets for horny adults. (laughs) And yet we still never got to see Fozzie's dick. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've always kind of found it weird when Jim Henson is like kind of shown as like this wholesome kid friendly, like always making family entertainment guy. No, the dude wanted to make some horny stuff from horny adults too, along with, you know, preschool shows. (laughs) Kirk Thatcher actually said on Twitter that he really wanted to make a Muppet Rocky Horror, but they said no. Powers! Uh, And it's weird because Disney owns Rocky Horror now, so... Jim, why didn't you take some goddamn penicillin? (laughs) Anyway... So after that, we cut to the night where they're putting on the show. Basically, Piggy comes back because she gets fired by Scrubs, so she becomes their big star. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado... Mulan Scrooge. Mulan Scrooge, because it's 2002. If this came out in 1997, we would have gotten fucking Muppets Titanic. (laughs) Or Muppet Space Jam. (laughs) Okay, so where do we begin with this? As someone who has not seen the Mulan Rouge movie... I was very fucking confused. I 
would say that it's not so much a parody of a movie, although it did make me a little uncomfortable seeing Fozzie dressed as the host of Moulin Rouge because that character's canonically an attempted rapist. Sing along uh, with me, guys. I chime in with a haven't uh, you, you people, people ever, ever heard of. <laughs> I do got to say that I also thought Robin as the green fairy was adorable. Yes. I have a question about that. How are they pulling that off in the context of this being a live show? Like, were they doing like a Pepper's ghost thing or something? Or did they actually shrink Robin down for that? A wizard did it. (laughs) Santa did it. Yay! Oh, yeah. By the way, there is a deleted scene with Santa in this movie. Yes! And they're like, nah, you're not real. We're going to have Bobo play him. You are not real. Ho! (laughs) This is probably going to sound the wrong way, but Piggy looked goddamn beautiful in that outfit. She really did. Yes. Yes. I'm not horny for Piggy, I promise. (laughs) If you were, we wouldn't blame you. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) But funny enough, there is a bit where fucking Kermit gawks at Miss Piggy's ass when she's shaking it. Family friendly. Kermit. And also Frosty the Snow Rat. I love the running gag that Rizzo's nose accidentally gets lit. And so. (laughs) I got kind of confused by that. When he fell in the beginning, did a light go up his nose or did he just injure himself to the point where his nose was actually red? He was drunk. (laughs) Huzzah. So throughout the show, Pepe's trying to get Kermit's attention because he found out about the change. And so then it leads to the Fozzie chase sequence. Oh my fucking God. Uh, (laughs) So somehow this movie keeps outdoing itself and how 2002 it is and how fucking insane it pulls it off. Okay, this is the most contrived thing we've ever fucking talked about on this podcast that my brain is currently short-circuiting trying to describe it. <laughs> so basically, Steve Irwin fucking shows up and he confuses Fozzie for something. I don't fucking know. It's actually a really bad Steve Irwin impressionist who basically thinks there's crocodiles on the street and thinks, we gotta tranquilize the bear and get him to safety. And it's, what? Which, by the way, that was originally supposed to be Steve Irwin. I can't imagine why he said no to this. Oh, I know why he said no to this. Well, why? really? Because he was filming his uh, Crocodile Hunter movie at the time collision course yeah that's right which yeah people remember that i feel like they only included that to promote that movie i guess because that was also an mgm production fun fact um i had a crocodile hunter board game as a child oh really Ah, nice (laughs) yeah it was like you could pick steve or you could pick terry and you had to like go around this fence or something with like these little pegs on it and there was a battery powered crocodile And I can't remember what would happen, but if you somehow got the crocodile, it would just zoom around the board. And if it hit the little peg your character was standing on, it would fling into the crocodile pit and that's how you lose. Also, we were absolutely robbed of Steve Irwin with the Muppets. Rest in peace. We really were. Oh my God. Yes. Also, I used to just play with the crocodile by itself. (laughs) Okay, so he tries to tranquilize Fozzie, but instead the fucking snowman narrator comes back and he gets tranquilized instead (laughs) that did get a laugh out of me (laughs) so Fozzie runs into this christmas tree maker machine and it turns them all green and then the grinch cast shows up (laughs) 
It's 2002. Okay, this is where my brain just fucking snapped. The fucking 2000 Grinch movie and the fucking Muppets share a goddamn universe with each other. What the fuck? So does that mean this whole world just takes place on a snowflake? What the fuck? Whoville is real? (laughs) What are the Who's doing in New York? The Mike Myers cat in the hat is probably running around the fucking Muppet-verse somehow. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, Pepe does make a joke, ho, ho, and ho. Where does the Tumblr sexy man Onceler fit into all of this? Yeah, Kit, thanks for reminding me of that, because we're jumping back a bit, but Pepe takes over Fozzie's monologue because Fozzie decides to run the money out to Miss Bitterman. Good for him. Before that, we actually get this really heartwarming scene between Kermit and Fozzie. One thing I will give that whole scene is that I love that they brought back a big chunk of Fozzie's personality because the past decade, he really didn't have that big of roles outside of maybe Treasure Island. Yeah, and it was really nice to see how deathly loyal he is again. Yeah. That was something that felt like a Muppet Christmas special to me. Not fucking Grinch who's chasing Fozzie while he's dressed as the Grinch, (laughs) but like actual moments of heart, you know? Where you actually see, like, the vulnerable side of the Muppets. Yeah, that was nice. It's, it brought back a lot of that vulnerable scenes we'd see during a lot of the backstage sequences in the original show, so that was nice. And after that, we get the scene where Pepe is doing the monologue and Statler and Waldorf keep fucking roasting him, so... That was great. I love that. <laughs> I keep thinking he's gonna become the fucking Joker. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Pepe as the Joker, when? You get what you deserve, okay? Show him. okay i need fan art of fucking pepe as the joaquin phoenix joker shooting statler and waldorf at the balcony (laughs) oh my god what if that sequence from the leslie ann warren episode where gonzo drives into the balcony but it's that gonzo's (laughs) like you get what you fucking deserve and then drives his motorcycle (laughs) (laughs) but back to the chase scene with fozzy how did he not tell anybody that he was carrying money he literally could have said hey i know things are crazy right now but i gotta get this shit out to the bank right now could you let me do my thing you fucking ass wipes probably because he is in new york city and if you tell someone in new york city that you have a bag full of money in this bag you will get robbed. This could not be made today because all that money would just be placed in Venmo and then that would be it. (laughs) All right, uh, let's just Venmo her. Okay. That's another thing too. For the sake of a meta joke, I really wanted Fozzie to run into a fucking Kermit impersonator on the street. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Like you see the guy in like this shitty Kermit costume and he's way taller than Fozzie. And he's like, oh, Kermit, I didn't know you. What are you doing here, man? That would be amazing. I wish they included that. God, Well, yes. I mean, if they are in New York City, there's those creepy costume characters all over uh, Times Square, so. So then we get the next scene where Fozzie gets to Rachel Bitterman's office, and yeah, this is where it gets kind of problematic. Ugh, the fucking guy he meets at the front. Uh, clearly not an Asian stereotype. Ugh. The 2000s. Oh, man. Thank God for crazy rich Asians. And Fresh Off the Boat. That's a pretty good show. And the Joy Luck Club. Also, so basically she can just set up all these lasers in her office. <laughs> that one actually kind of got me. Like, me too. Like, running through the <laughs> What made that joke work for me was the fact that he forgot the bag. Yeah. 
We should talk about how he forgot the bag, by the way. He runs into a Salvation Army Santa, which... Speaking of dated prospects... Yeah, there's a scene in this movie where basically it confirms that the Salvation Army gets the money at the end, and I'm just like, is that supposed to be a happy ending? We're skipping ahead, but for them to end it on that note... Listen, I know y'all meant well in the 2000s, and you guys didn't know what we know today about the Salvation Army, but- Yeah. Fuck! For God's sake, Richie Rich's Christmas Wish had a scene where a Salvation Army Santa gets his ass kicked, so- When Richie Rich's Christmas Wish is more woke than you- (laughs) You fucked up. Also, I'm gonna go to hell for this joke and you can cut it out if you want. When Fozzie runs through the steam bath, he was likely not the only bear in there. (laughs) (laughs) I regret nothing. Kit, it is completely in your bounds to make that joke. Hooray! (laughs) You're the gay one here, not me, so. Randy and I are the gay ones, yay! Yay! And I'm the token straight guy, but now I'm Polly, so. We're all Polly. We're all Polly. Yay. Um, How can I be heterophobic when I do a podcast with a straight guy? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not heterophobic. One of my best friends is straight. (laughs) So Mrs. Bitterman finds out that it's not the money and she flips over the clock to show that they didn't make it and... Man, it's a sad sequence. It really is. And then when we get the scene where Kermit gets pissed off and yells at Fozzie, I felt so fucking bad for him because you can tell he truly meant well and it's not his fault. He literally says, does it help if I feel really, really bad? Every argument with my parents ever. If there's anybody I blame, it's the fucking Who's and fucking Dollar Store Steve Irwin for fucking ruining everything. Yeah! the Salvation Army, this movie should have ended with the Muppets just kicking all their asses. Listen, if It's a Wonderful Life can get an SNL sketch where they beat the shit out of the banker, this deserves a fucking happier ending. I'm just gonna put it there. Yes! Yep. (laughs) And so then it cuts back to the Christmas party sequence, and God is basically just acting like Biden and saying, oh, that's so sad. I don't know what we're gonna do. It's like, you have all the power. You're God. Yeah, you'd think God wouldn't fence it when she fucking sees a banker destroy these fucking people's lives. I always knew God was a Democrat. Like, I get that they explain that God works in mysterious ways, but shouldn't there be better mysterious ways? than letting a guy freeze himself to death before learning why he's important. Yeah, there are way better mysterious ways. I mean, just look at you too. Yeah. Waka waka. God just walks up to Carmen and says, this is why it's important to vote. (laughs) God is a neoliberal. Uh, Also, it is kind of funny seeing Kermit Okay, it's not funny seeing him freeze himself to death, but (laughs) frogs do freeze themselves during the winter, so was that an in-joke? That frogs don't actually die? Yeah, I think the frog that's famous for doing this is wood frogs. When the temperature gets too low, they basically just shut down. Like, for all intents and purposes, they die, and they bury themselves in mud. And then when you thaw him out, it's like nothing happened. (laughs) I I have something I need to say. I know it was supposed to be a heartbreaking moment where Kermit is looking at the statue with the two kids, but I'm sorry, that statue was fucking horrifying. Yeah, Yeah. like the Kermit looks fine, but the kids... The kids look fucking soulless. (laughs) 
Why does every cool statue have to have soulless-looking damn wiener kids? It's like the Baphomet statue at the Satanic Temple. It's such a cool statue, although they forgot Baphomet's boobs, which I'm always mad about. Don't forget his boobs. <laughs> although it did make me a little wistful, and the only thing that would have made me cry like a fucking baby is if it was Jim. Oh my oh, god, I know. I would have lost it. Yeah, like how they show his portrait in Muppets 2011. I cried like a bitch during that scene. Why did it have to be some damn wiener kids? Also, when David Arquette slash Bubbles slash Daniel slash whatever his name shows up, we get Muppet yeeting. Yay! Yay! It is indeed a Christmas miracle. Finally, some good fucking food. Yeah, because Frozen Kermit gets fucking yeeted into the trash can. (laughs) That genuinely made me laugh and I felt bad for it. You know what? Maybe this is actually the best Muppet movie ever made because what other Muppet movie has Kermit screaming that he wishes he was never born? I wish I'd never been born! There, I said it again. I wish I'd never been B-O-R-N born! I wish I'd never been born! (laughs) You know, I have a lot of issues with Steve Whitmire as a person, but he is fantastic as Kermit here. He really sells on so many great scenes. Absolutely. And you know, it's not just Steve Whitmire who's giving his all on this. Like, Eric Jacobson is picking up the roles of Miss Piggy, Fozzie, and Animal, and he does a really fucking good job for what it's worth. Yeah, He's fantastic. Like, I legit thought it was Frank Oz at first. I know, right? Speaking of Frank... Would that Yoda scene have worked so much better with Frank, honestly? Like, Yeah. It didn't even look like Yoda. What the fuck? I mean, Eric apparently did perform Yoda in that scene, which I'm wondering if Frank didn't want to return as Yoda. I wonder if they would have gotten him for the sequel trilogy. Yeah, this lazily crafted Yoda puppet, by the way. Yeah, that was one of the most forced jokes imaginable. Yeah, and- that force. <laughs> Ah! <laughs> and goddamn, they're doing such a good job of predicting Disney's future. Scrubs, oh. the Muppets, Star Wars. God damn, the fact that there's so much that Disney eventually bought out in this. <laughs> the fact that Kermit now has a corporate logo embedded into his flesh. so we cut to the scene of the alternate universe where now it's basically pottersville but now it's the bitterman mall and how did the entire park get bulldozed without kermit being there uh hey look over there yay (laughs) also did gonzo's plumbing business fail like and did camilla leave him because why is he on the streets like i know they're trying to make this as depressing as possible but and speaking of depressing as possible we have another poorly aged cameo oh god the joe rogan scene i mean it's funny as fuck seeing him call someone else a disease-ridden rat (laughs) but also 2000s it's 2002 this is airing on nbc in 2002 watch for your factor give us your money why couldn't joe rogan have just been the guy from news radio and then just faded into obscurity after that you know this is probably gonna be one of the most darkest jokes i'll ever make but fuck it how the fuck did we lose Phil Hartman and not him? Thank you. Fucking right. <laughs> it's funny. Me, me and Randy are the ones who are, who are super fucking edgy. <laughs> Kids, stop stealing my job. <laughs> you know, it really would have been worse if they just had a fucking Andy Dick cameo in this. Ah, God, no, no. <laughs> well, 
well, you know, we got him in The Lion King too, at least. And he died in that, so yay. Yay! I just love calling The Lion King 2 the Andy Dick Lion cartoon movie. (laughs) (laughs) Also, it's like, why did he get this obvious comic relief character? Why did he get, like, the most serious death scene in that movie? My favorite Andy Dick fact is the one where he got the shit kicked out of him by John Lovitz. Yes! Like, nothing will ever fucking top that. Fuck yes. Getting your shit rocked by Artie Ziff. Hey kids, this aired on Universal Kids, a scene where a woman basically eats Rizzo. Well, they cut away before she eats him, so we don't exactly know for sure what happens, but... Yeah, she totally fucking ate him. Now, I've only seen Fear Factor a few times as a kid, because, you know, me being a child who loves gross bugs and shit... That was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I don't recall them ever eating anything alive in Fear Factor. Like, if they did, I'm sure it was just bugs, but I don't recall them eating, like, live rats. I feel like animal rights groups probably made sure that shit didn't happen, so thank God for it. Also, Rizzo totally should have looked at the camera and said, I'm being eaten! I thought this was a kid's movie! Yes! (laughs) Also, how did the Electric Mayhem become an Irish dancing band in this universe? Were they that desperate? A leprechaun did it. I thought for sure they'd end up some, like, underground sludge stoner band. I was amazed they weren't the band playing at the Dot Club, because that would have made more sense. (laughs) It really would have. But I guess since Irish jigs are less cool than rock, I don't know. What was it with the early 2000s? And, like, trying to bring back anti-Irish sentiments. This, the hatred of bagpipes and iCarly, were we really trying to bring back more bigotry? Also, can we talk about how fucking cursed it was to see Sam sucking on a pacifier? Why the fuck was that necessary? I'm sorry, I must have missed that part. What happened? Basically, during the scene where he enters the club, Sam basically becomes a rave dancer, and he's sucking on a pacifier. Okay, I blanked that out entirely, and that's for the best, but... I will never know why, but that was, like, a thing during raves in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s. Like, that was, like, a fashionable thing, was, like, a rave pacifier. I don't know why... I don't know how, I don't know who came up with it, but that was a solid thing for a while. Like, I remember even seeing that in that, like, Samurai Jack episode involving ravers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's another thing, too. We forgot to mention how Kermit knows this is an alternate universe. And Kit, you have some very interesting things to say about that, so the floor is yours. Okay, so I realized something way too late in my life, that Charles Durning is not only Doc Hopper, He was also Santa in Elmo Saves Christmas. Elmo Saves Christmas is also about an alternate universe where Christmas becomes a hellhole for Sesame Street. And in that universe, Charles Durning retires to Florida. And in this universe, Doc Hopper basically won because now he has a successful frog leg selling business. And so there's a non-zero chance that Santa secretly turned into Doc Hopper in the alternate universe where Christmas was every day. He retired to Florida to make his business, and now it's successful. And there we have it. Holy fucking shit. This takes place in the same alternate timeline as Elmo Saves Christmas alternate timeline. Holy shit. And you know what? I believe every word of that. 
There is no way you can prove that shit wrong, guys. Oh my god. <sighs> and also, this movie is severely lacking in moo bunnies. You're right. It really is, yeah. Yes. Also, why was Robin working at the club? No, he's too young! Yeah, so Robin becomes a fucking slave to Rachel Bitterman, and it's fucking depressing. He's still a little kid. Like, I get it, it's supposed to be horrifying, but... Why? Also, here's a question. So Kermit's not in this universe technically, but Robin is? I mean, Robin is his nephew, so I guess maybe his sister was still alive? Yeah, but we don't really know who his sister is, so... I feel like Robin wouldn't even really be involved with the Muppets, so... Also, let's talk about one of the elephants in the room. Cage Dancing Scooter. Cage Dancing Scooter! I don't even have any jokes for it, because you already know the image just from us saying Cage Dancing Scooter. It's all over Muppets Twit. <laughs> yeah. And another elephant in the room that I need to bring up. Swole Beaker. <laughs> it pains me to say these words, you guys. Just like Kermit, I wish I had never been born. Great, now I'm a cage dancer. Is this some bullshit like how in Family Guy, the Griffins are only okay if they get the chance to bully Meg? How the fuck is Beaker only successful in the alternate timeline? Yeah, Beaker's the only one that's actually happy in this universe because nothing bad happens to him. <laughs> so in the normal universe... Is his sole existence only just to suffer? Or maybe there's a chance that with him and Bunsen, it's just an act. An offstage Bunsen is like, are you okay? Are you okay, Beaker? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Beaker's pain is genuinely hilarious, so. It is. Yeah. Also, one more thing I need to point out is the fucking fake Nine Inch Nails music in the background. Yeah! Because you have fake March of the Pigs, and then when Scooter's fucking doing a striptease, you have fake closer. I wanna fuck you like an animal. Come here, piggy. Speaking <laughs> of things that would eventually be in Disney movies, because now they're in Seoul. <laughs> yep, Trent Reznor of Nine Inch Nails, Mr. I Wanna Fuck You Like an Animal, Mr. Starfuckers Incorporated, did the music for Soul. And you know what? He made it work. He so did. It's so good. I did kind of love the callback to the scene where Kermit and the manager get thrown out of El Slizo. I would have loved if the manager actually did get thrown out and was like, why don't you speak with the manager? I am the manager. <laughs> <laughs> also, I get that in this universe, he never became a successful comedian because with the Muppets, he's only successful there. But how the fuck did Fozzie become a pickpocket? I mean, you gotta, you gotta make ends meet somehow, you know? I'm just imagining, like, a Skyrim Fozzie. <laughs> you just see his hands from a first-person view, and then he pickpockets Kermit, so you just see the pick... <laughs> the pickpocketing plus ten. <laughs> I also did get a laugh out of the fact that he managed to rob Kermit, even though he doesn't have pockets. <laughs> anyway, anyway, Muppets in Skyrim one. I want to see Fozzie as a dragonborn. <laughs> Wait, so Kermit doesn't have pockets, so... Oh, no. Kermit is naked, confirmed. Yeah, he's he's naked, but that's not the only problem. Kermit, do you keep your wallet up your butt? Oh, no. Also, wouldn't it have made more sense for this big scene where Kermit realizes just how important he was to be between him and Fozzie as kind of a way to apologize to him? Because 
Gonzo barely did anything in this special. Yeah, there's not really a whole lot of Gonzo in this. He does get the moment where he goes to Piggy's apartment, and then I do love that her apartment in this universe is just filled with real cats. Oh, by the way, guess what's out the window in that apartment in December of 2002? (laughs) 30 Rock. The Chrysler Building. Huzzah. Piggy literally won the competition in the South, so why is she- did she get blacklisted or something and now she's suddenly doing this racist call business? Oh, no. (laughs) God! Was she racist? Is that why she got blacklisted? So Miss Piggy has this job as a fucking Miss Cleo ripoff, and it's absolutely as bad as we describe it. Hello, darling. Oh, nice kitty. Miss Piggy knows the answers you seek. Miss Piggy's for entertainment purposes only. You must be 18 or older, $2.99 a minute, well, tolls may apply. Piggy, what are you doing? You're not Jamaican. Yeah, well, I'm not psychic either. After that, it cuts to the scene where Kermit meets Gonza again in the mall, and Gonza's singing, and I do gotta say... I genuinely love Everyone Matters. It's such a good song. I mean, I'm not going to say that the special earned it, but still, it brings a lot of heart to the special, which I think it needed a lot more of. It brings the special to a head for me personally, because it felt like the Jim Henson company themselves reminding themselves that they would have never been where they were if Jim had never been there. Exactly. Yeah, it's a beautiful scene. And I would have also kind of loved if they had played just one person, but it's still a really damn good song. It is. It really is. I did like it. I just wish it wouldn't have gotten lumped in this piece of shit. Yeah. (laughs) And so then Kermit decides he wants his life back, but then Daniel's like, well, you wished it on this rule, so now you can't go back. And then God calls him on one of the toy telephones and says, if you spit in his eye, then he'll go back to his universe. What is with all the fetish shit in this one? (laughs) Who? Did Bruce Tim do this? <laughs> but it is a sweet scene where Kermit's running back to the Muppet Theater and yeah, it's a nice scene. Yeah. It is. So then he apologizes to everybody and we get some really sweet scenes between him and Fozzie and Miss Piggy and they kiss too, by the way. Yeah, that was sweet. Yeah. And yeah. also Mrs. Bitterman basically gets defeated because Pepe makes the theater a landmark, which... Would that really stop a rich person in real life? No. They would donate to all sorts of politicians who would bend the rules. But before that, we get this funny fight scene where Miss Piggy and Rachel Bitterman like fight each other and it's in the style of a kung fu movie. Yes, that was great. Remember when uh, they almost let Disney build a theme park on a Civil War battleground? Ah. I like how in the kung fu fight scene, they actually have, like, the poor dubbing, but they don't fucking commit to it. I really wish that when it cut the Statler and Waldorf, they have, like, poorly dubbed voices as well. Yes, that would have been funny as fuck. Also, like we said, the Salvation Army getting the money at the end. It's like, lost uh, L for one rich person, but a W for another, I guess. Ugh. Yeah. So Rachel Bitterman loses, and it ended pretty badly for her, but she did later go on to manage the next best thing in entertainment, The Feebles. Yay! Yay! Oh yeah, and then she got dragged to hell by Whoopi Goldberg. (laughs) (laughs) And then it ends with them all singing Everyone Matters, and then Daniel basically sort of gets his wings by getting promoted, which good for him. Everyone matters except for rich billionaires. Yay! Hooray! 
they can choke. And Steve Irwin impersonators. And who's. And... And Zach Braff. And the Salvation <laughs> Army. And any fake Santas who are pro-Salvation Army. Yay! Yay! And Fear Factor. And Joe Rogan. Yay! And, the t- and just the 2000s as a whole. Also, Mel Brooks' snowmen survived because he's singing with them at the end. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he was just tranquilized, so he's probably just, like, really fucking high right there. We forgot to mention that there's a deleted scene where he's melting horribly. (laughs) What the fuck? Yeah, it's dark. Yeah, it's... (laughs) Oh my god. So that stays on the DVD, but Snoop Dogg hanging with Electric Mayhem does not. Hooray. Sure, why not? <laughs> uh, and on that note, do we want to get into our ratings? Oh, uh, without question, burn the fucking thing. It's a huge misstep in Muppets history, and it's just so bad. Like, there are some good things about it which have the Muppets spirit, but compared to everything else, it's just super brief. Everything else is just so dated and painfully unfunny and just go watch Muppets Christmas Carol instead guys yep I'd say I'm actually gonna go against the grid here personally I do think it's one of the lesser Muppet movies and I do think it was kind of a sign of how the early aughts were less than a grand period for the Muppets I'd say overall, though, the third act does kind of save it for me and it has enough moments for it for me to say it mild keep the tapes because it it is okay. a fascinating relic yeah. so but i do definitely get why for a lot of people this was because goddamn it is just watch muppets family christmas though yeah muppets family christmas is the way better christmas special i'm gonna give the tapes a viking funeral because <laughs> you know that the, the the fucking slapstick was hilarious but the rest of it was just so oh my god Cage Dancing Scooter. All right, Cage Dancing Scooter. Also, (laughs) the constant reminders of what year this was filmed in. So, you know what? Because of that, it still gets a burn. But because of all the great Kermit did 9-11 and the slapstick jokes, Viking funeral. (laughs) Does Cage Dancing Scooter count as yassification? Yes. Yes, Yes, it does. (laughs) I am so sorry for speaking that out loud, but it had to be said. (laughs) Muppet (laughs) calcification. And also, it's still better than Kermit's Swamp Years, at least. Absolutely. And Little Mermaid's (laughs) Island, too. Oh, God, no. (laughs) So thank you guys once again for putting up with our hiatus. And thank you once again for joining us for this episode. We had a ton of fun recording this. Had a ton of fun recording. Can't say the same about watching it. (laughs) (laughs) It felt so good to be back with everybody. I can't wait for 2022 because we have a lot of good shit planned. Between next week's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids theme month and some other things I don't want to spoil yet. But just wait. 2022 is going to be a fucking ride. It really (laughs) is. But it's going to be a fun ride. You know what? I'm going to manifest it. It's going to be the year the pandemic officially fucking ends. Uh, I hope so. so. I hope you're right. And if not, end at least under control. If this year was the ride to the theme park, 22 is going to be the fucking theme park itself. Yay! (laughs) And plus, now we're all vaccinated and boosted, so there's a chance we'll get to hug each other. Yay! 
manifesting it in 2022. You guys are going to come to a con in Philly, or I'm going to come visit you guys, and we're going to record an episode together. Yes, KRT Field Yes. And also Lottie's there, and Marissa's there. Yay. Oh, my friend. Fuck yeah. And Kipper. Yay. And Kipper the dog. All right, so do we want to get into promo stuff? All right, so as always, you can find us on channel underscore KRT on Twitter, channel KRT podcast, all one word on Instagram. We have our Discord server and our Facebook group, which you can find in our link tree in our Twitter bio. You can also subscribe to our Patreon, which is finally back as well. We're going to have new minisodes in 2022, as well as exclusive outtakes and everything else. So, and as always, thank you so much to Gomer and Chris Reyna for pledging to us at the $10 level. You can find me on Twitter at TylerFG, Instagram at TylerFG96, and you can also find me just, you can just find me just having a good holiday and cleansing this shit from my brain. Huzzah! You can find me over on Scrubs and Fear Factor and no, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me over on Mission Breakout on Twitter, MuppetVision underscore 3D on Twitter, uh, Walking Pun on Instagram, Mission Breakout on Discord. You can find me also trying to peel the NBC logo off my foot, but it's grafted in there and holy fuck, it hurts. (laughs) No foot fetish stuff! (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Cosmic Rewind, replace the E with three. You can find me on select episodes of uh, all all these other podcasts we've been on. I can't remember like all of them at once, but don't yeah. worry about it, <laughs> Randy. Randy, you could you could take it easy. It's been the first time in two months since we've recorded. <laughs> yeah, um, you can find me on TikTok at Dale Earnhardt's persona, and you can find me frantically trying to tell Seal Team Six that they got the wrong guy. Yay! <laughs> I don't care how many times they've blocked me. I don't care how many times I have to get arrested. I need to let them know. It was Kermit. Yay! <laughs> this has been one hell of a year, and we can't believe not only did we do an entire year of KRT, but we also did a year and a half of it as well. And thank oh. you guys Yay! for this incredible, amazing ride. We. We're really looking forward to 2022, and there will be no wee scream this time, so yay. <laughs> no yay. more wee sing, thank God. Yay! Oh, when are we getting the Muppets wee sing? <laughs> no! <laughs> Kit, what did I tell you about that monkey's paw? And the best thing is, we just recorded an entire Christmas episode, and we did not invoke the name of He Who Is Too Near. Yay! <laughs> All right, uh, Channel KRT, cut the static, and until next year, the love we found, the the love love we found. found. It's you, it's you, it's it's all for you. I wish I'd never been born, I wish I'd never been born, I wish I'd never been born, I wish I'd never been born. born. Smells like teen spirit, da da da.